You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All right, welcome back to the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody, Abrams, and Melbourne. This is episode 152, part two of our World Juniors uh, preview show. And uh, these are the players to watch in Group B. So let's start with Team USA, fellas. Case. Getting right into it. (laughs) All right, welcome to the Devils uh, portion of the World Junior Championship. (laughs) I did not talk about him in the first episode of Group A, but I will be talking about him in Group B because there's two viable options on Team USA that you could take that are Devils prospects, both playing on the same team. But one of them is being talked about in redrafting of his draft class going number one overall due to potential, and that is Luke Hughes. Surprised I didn't hear anything from Harper after I just said that he should have went over Owen Powell. I think it's too well, early. I, just, I, I, I tune that in. I think it's too early to conclude that. It's not based off play. It's based off potential that people are saying this. Right. I just want to, like I did with the Stan Govan, I'm going to talk about some accolades from last season. Luke Hughes, uh, this will be NCAA All-Rookie Team, NCAA Champion, NCAA Rookie of the Year, NCAA Second All-Star Team, Second All-American Team, Top Collegiate Player, Holby Baker Finalist, World Junior Championship, Top 3 Player on a Team for USA last year. He will play 30 minutes a night for this team and is going to be looked upon to be the leader. He is the captain of this team. Um, Expect big things from Luke Hughes in the World Junior Championship. Yeah, I'm glad you said that he's going to play 30 minutes a night because that's what I wanted to bring up. Like, he's going to be the horse on the back end. He is going to be relied on in every situation, predominantly offensively, but I would imagine he will be in both zones at all times, or at least as much as his lungs can handle. Um, I remember in the summer tournament, Mike Johnson was kind of going crazy because Luke Hughes was on the ice for so much in one it, was one, it was one of their games and he got hurt, kind of, Luke Hughes did. And Mike Johnson just kept commenting on the fact that Hughes was limping around out there and because he was injured, but he was still one of the best skaters on the ice. And That is the thing about Luke Hughes, man, is he is... Man, you talk about Quinn and Jack, how fluid of skaters they are. They just kind of like prance around the ice. They're so, so fun to watch when they get up to full speed. Even like full speed looks like nothing to them. And then Jack playing six minutes and not even looking winded. Well, Luke Hughes has a bit of both of Quinn and Jack in him. Uh, the skating is there. They they all skate together in the offseason. You can tell because his stride is just beautiful. And uh, he loves to dish the puck around, but he likes to shoot like Jack. So he's got that Quinn-Jack mix. And, man, am I excited for him to play in New Jersey. Yeah, and he's got the size that the other two don't, which is, is always an added bonus, right, with a skilled player. The way that he walks the blue line when he gets the puck off the boards is gross. Like, he's one of the fanciest players with his footwork that I've seen in a while, uh, at least among defensemen. It's like, you know, picture P.K. Subban walking the blue line and then 
crumple up that image and throw it a million miles away because it's the complete opposite of that. You know, it's the most fluid strides. It's getting the edges nice and, you know, to stay in around the blue line. Like it's, it's talent, it's skill, it's offensively minded. It's, it's beautiful to watch really. And every time I watch him play, that's what I think of his skating and not to pump your tires anymore here at case, but I just, he's one of my favorite players to watch because he does have the characteristics that his brothers have. Um, they're just explosive and exciting to watch. So definitely will be a player that my eyes will be glued on because if you're watching a team USA game, I don't think you're going to have a choice because he he's going to be on the ice yeah. and when he's on the ice, he makes things happen. So we'll definitely be watching Luke Hughes. I, I thought he would have made the Devils this year, honestly. Um, he, but he made a choice after the draft, basically saying, I'm going to play another two years in the NCAA. And uh, that was his choice. And honestly, I respect that and I appreciate it. It's like that that step of becoming a defenseman at that age in the NHL, it just, we see it, don't, it doesn't work out very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't mind him getting this extra bit of, uh, you know, tune up before he makes the NHL. Well, he took the same path that Quinn did, and mm-hmm. I think we can all agree that that's worked out pretty nicely for Quinn, even though there's been some ups and downs and some struggles and some hurdles for Quinn to get over over these past few years playing with Vancouver. You know, I think we can all say that we recognize how good Quinn is, and if his brother is following the same footsteps and, you know, going to be the similar kind of player on the back end, like, that can only be positive thing yeah and i think that uh you know to that point i think the only difference is that uh luke has the size yes and uh you know uh he he's certainly developing like like his brother has and wearing the number 43 of course like quinn and which is cool to see and he's got that perfect combination like just that that long reach but also mobile as well and you look at teams that win Stanley Cups, and in this case, teams that win gold medals at the World Juniors, they have those big, long, mobile defensemen, and uh, he certainly is that. Casey mentioned two Devils prospects on this blue line. The other is Seamus Casey, correct? Yes. Correct. So, yeah, he's another good one, but uh, and, and really, again, like Obviously, Hughes is at the top, and like it's been a dream for U.S. defensemen here for them. Like you've got Jake Sanderson, who is an absolute horse for them, and then you've got Luke, who's who's going to be just a you know a monster for them on the back end. But Seamus Casey, like I mentioned, Ryan Chesley, nice second round pick of the uh, of the uh, Washington Capitals, and uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, he's. He's going to be a horse for this team, and um, he'll he'll be on uh, he'll be on the Devils sooner rather than later, and it uh, it's going to be good to good to watch him in this tournament for sure. Yeah, the Devils are loaded on the back end, and and Seamus Casey, like going into last year's draft, like I was almost certain that the Devils were going to pick Seamus Casey. It just made so much sense because of Casey and because I wanted the Leafs to pick him with their early second rounder after trading down uh, to Chicago in the Mrazic deal. And then they ended up taking Frazier Minton. Um, I don't know if, if he, if Casey was off the board at that time, I'm not sure, but I remember thinking to myself, that's the player I want the Leafs to take good mobile defenseman well it, it so. makes a lot of sense when 
when you're in um, when you're watching Michigan play so much because of Luke that you're gonna see Seamus Casey play, and then Ethan Edwards was I think committed to them at the time, so now they have three defenseman prospects playing for Michigan. Fun little fact, quick tangent here: Michigan started their backup goalie as a winger the other night. I saw that because of what? illness what? to the team. They I had, saw that. They had such few players that they had to get someone in there, and they started their backup goalie. So how does that even happen? Like, how do you not? How are you not able to call someone up from somewhere or like sign a guy to a day contract? You know, well, like, you're going to give them a scholarship. Is there not a player at the university who played like junior A or something? Right. That's what like that's what I'm thinking of. And then you just sign them to the team yeah, contract. They have a practice squad or something. Like, and they, you know, even at U of T, or like they have a practice a- squad. Extramural. Yeah. Extramural. Intramural. Intramural. There's one more than that. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I was thinking. At least find a guy who's playing the top level, you know, at their school who played like even junior A or something. I feel like that is, would be common, no? Yeah. Like, anyways, Devil's Backhand is going to be an absolute wagon here soon. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about another one in a bit just to spoil that. Yeah, I mean, good pick. Like, I, I think we should Low mention. Hand fruit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we should mention because this is a separate episode from the first one. We mentioned this last episode, but not this one. That in these episodes, how we typically do it is we pick players who um, are going to be players to watch at this upcoming tournament. Might not be the best players on the team, or in Casey's case, probably is. is the best player on the team, the low-hanging fruit. It might be a player with an interesting storyline going in uh, to the tournament. It might be a player who is draft eligible, who is going to be exciting, but might not get that much playing time, um, but could excite in the few minutes that they do play. So we're not necessarily picking the best players available here. We're picking players who are interesting and that we're going to want to watch. And hopefully through these episodes, we're able to... Um, you know, educate some people about some players who you might not have heard of before this. So um, there's a lot of different angles that you can uh, approach this episode at, and that's kind of how we're doing it. Sometimes we pick the best player, sometimes we pick an interesting player. So just wanted to get that out there because we didn't mention it this episode. We kind of just hopped into it. But yes, Luke Hughes, definitely a player that my eyes will be glued to in this tournament, for sure. All right, let's have, uh, let's have yours. Yes, the player that I'm going to talk about is a player that I talked about last year, actually, in this episode, the same one that we did, um, because he was one of the youngest on the team last year. And similarly this year, he is one of the younger players on the team, not the youngest, but one of now. Um, He's draft eligible in this upcoming draft. Uh, He's projected to go in the first round. It's Charlie Strammel, by the way. Uh, He played one game in the summer tournament and he had a point. So I guess that's good for what it's worth. Um, he has seven points in 18 games played for Wisconsin in the NCAA this year, but at six foot three, 216 pounds, he had 42 pims in those 18 games this year in the NCAA. So this isn't going to be a guy, I, I don't think anyways, that's going to light it up for the U.S. I think he's going to be playing more of a bottom six role as still one of the younger guys eligible to be drafted this year and clearly has that offensive potential up front if he's being projected to go within the first round. But I think if we're looking at him in this tournament, the first thing you're going to notice is he could be a guy to mix it up 
when the going gets tough for, for the USA. He could be a guy in the bottom six that's annoying to play against and uh, might get into some trouble. So Charlie Strammel's the guy I'm going to be watching on Team USA. I think this winger pairing is a pairing I bring up probably every year when we have this episode, but this sounds like a uh, Zach Cassian, Cody Hodgson uh, type wing, uh, winger that Canada had and, and really kind of showed some grit in the World Juniors, which is just not a thing you see often. And, uh, well, here's your opportunity with a big guy like Strommel. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I feel like there aren't like it's this upcoming draft is not as stacked with Americans in the first round as in years past. Yes. But uh, I, I do think that this kid will be a first round pick in, in the upcoming draft. And um, hey, like you, you always you always want a guy with uh, with some edge. And um, and and that's that's really good for for a team wanting to come in and win this tournament and a team that's that's got a, a good shot at it. So yeah, and, and Strammel is a guy who is projected to go from most accounts about the mid third or, or mid first round rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen him projected as high as eighth overall. So I don't know if he goes that high, but I think a mid first rounder would be the proper place for him and. Definitely a guy I wanted to watch. I was intrigued last year when he was the youngest player on the team, undrafted, um, and I'm still intrigued this year to watch him. Speaking of guys who I think could mix it up, but I look at this guy as just being one of those classic power forwards in this tournament. The guy I'm going to mention as a player to watch for Team USA is Carter Gauthier. Uh, First-round pick of the Philadelphia Flyers, and uh, it's nice to have a Flyers player in there just because it's been so god-awful there the last couple of years and (laughs) torts and and the rest of it, and uh, they really need something from their prospects, and they need to continue to get more prospects. But uh, Carter Gauthier seems to be a good one, and uh, there was a chance that... He could have gone third overall to Arizona in in the last draft. He's an Arizona kid, you know, big power forward. Again, I've mentioned before that's that's what Bill Armstrong likes. Um, and uh, but he he ends up going two spots later to the Philadelphia Flyers. Very much fits their mo of just big, nasty, and uh, but he he can also score. He's over a point per game right now with. Boston College in the NCAA, and uh, I, I think will be a, a big part of this uh, this very good U.S. attack. Yeah, he he reminds me of. Uh, I'll go ahead and and piss off some Americans, hopefully listening, and say he's Mason <laughs> McTavish light in the way that he plays the game. He's got a nose for the net and like really, like you said, like the power forward kind of that. Not many of that kind left, but he's got a drive to the net and he's got the opportunity to kind of bully his way around the ice, at least from what I remember of him, like when I was looking into him heading into the draft. Yeah, an interesting storyline about this player is that I think coming out of the draft, you know, some people were scratching their heads that he went so high, fifth overall to Philadelphia. I think especially a lot of analytics analytic-minded people were scratching their heads for for this pick, taking Cutter Gauthier fifth uh, over some uber-talented players. But 
listen, like that's all part of the story. And that's all part of why it's going to be interesting to watch him at this year's tournament. You know, can he be relied on to be a point producer for this team? Can he be an engine, you know, whether he plays in the top six, bottom six, middle six, wherever he plays, can he drive a line? You know, is he worthy of being that fifth overall pick in the most recent draft? We don't know at this point, obviously, um, but it's on Cutter Goche to kind of prove it to us because, again, I think it wasn't exactly a safe pick for Philadelphia, but I think there were reasons they did make that pick. Clearly, they you know, like the way he plays and he's definitely, he plays a Philadelphia flyer style of hockey. You know, there's a reason Travis Konechny is a great flyer because he plays the same style. Um, The thing I will say about the flyers as we wrap up about Karagoche is maybe the only more, the, the only player who is more fit for Philadelphia to be drafted there is a player in this upcoming draft. Will Smith projected to be, to be drafted in the, top 10 of this upcoming draft. How funny would it be if Will Smith was drafted to Philadelphia if they were picked? You know, say fifth overall, seventh overall. Well, fresh like prints going on. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad someone got it. I don't think Harper got that at all, but I thought that was <laughs> that was perfect. So, no, yeah. no, I got it. Okay, yeah. making sure. But yeah, Cutter Goche. It'd be an interesting player to watch. There's a little bit of a revenge arc there to, to you know silence the doubters. Yeah, exactly. Honorable mention too, like um, Tyler Boucher, I think, of, of the Ottawa Senators in a bit of a similar spot, like a bit of a head scratcher with how high he was drafted as well, bigger forward. Um, all right. Yeah, have, you've given it. Yes, Strommel, perfect. Okay. And uh, we'll move on to uh, Team Finland now. So players to watch for the Finns. Case, go ahead. Hey guys, there's no betting corner segment in this episode of the podcast, so I thought I would take this time to tell you a little bit about our newest sponsor, BetStamp, the line shopping app for sports bettors. Betting lines have different odds across each sportsbook, and by using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all of those sportsbooks to ensure that you're finding the best value available on the bets that you'd probably already be making. Also, the BetStamp app allows you to track all of your verified bets across those different sportsbooks so that you can build a more credible record as a better, and it allows you to follow other winning BetStamp users so that you can instantly be notified of their picks. So click the link in the description down below to download the BetStamp app today. And when you do, be sure to provide the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH when prompted to do so to let them know that we sent you. Every download really helps us out and it helps you out as well. So we would really appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I don't I don't have a ton to say about this guy because he showed what he was worth last year. And if you watch last year, you're going to remember this name in Alexi Ahimosalmi. He... I mean, I I can hear Gord saying his name in my head right now because he was out on the ice very often for Finland. He was playing over 20 minutes a game. And uh, maybe you'll remember him as the first goal scorer for Finland in that 3-2 gold medal game for Canada. Um, Yeah, he he logged a lot of minutes last year. So I kind of have a theme going on here that I like picking defensemen because they become the story really when... Like when you think about Owen Zellweger last year and a couple other guys that recent years, it's just you need this defenseman in the World Juniors who's going to play 23 plus minutes for you, who's going to be in the power play, who's going to be on the penalty kill, who's going to do a lot. And that's Hamasalmi in my mind uh, leading into this tournament. It's, he's going to be my guy to watch. 
Yeah, definitely a good name to pick there. I as soon as you said, you know, you can hear Gord saying his name. I thought the same thing because that's all you can hear. You know, when you've got some players who tear it up, I feel like the broadcasters kind of latch on to that and and go from there. But yeah, for sure, good pick. Um, Harp, any thoughts on this player before I bring him on? Well, just the, you know, I, I like the I like the approach of going with a lot of defensemen. I agree, they become the story of this tournament because, like, you know, as we've seen over these last few years here, like it's all offense now, and the guys are just so skilled at, at creating offense and yeah, everyone really, can score. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why you're at this tournament. So exactly, and so there's a lot on these defensemen to stop these guys and uh yeah he, he'll be a, a big part of uh, the blue line for the Finns for sure i will say speaking of finland i'll be missing toby niemela and roni hirvenen this year two maple leafs prospects hirvenen was the captain at the last tournament so it's you know it, it's a big loss to to be missing those two players but it is what it is you have to yeah. move on they're real prospects now so i mean yeah. i'm assuming last year seven <clears throat> points in seven games for this team like yeah. a lot of apples and it's just he feeds guys from the point and and that's why he's on the ice so much not only can he shut guys down but he chips in offensively and i think finland might actually need that this year on the back end maybe more than ever yeah for sure the player that I want to bring up, speaking of Finland, and I think Casey already knows who I'm going to talk about, maybe Harper does too, is Brad Lambert. Like, this is a guy I've latched onto and I've been talking about for years now because he's another player who, you know, he kind of has something to prove. He's always, he always has something to prove to the doubters. You know, he slipped and fell in the draft. Uh, last draft and you know he was at one time projected to go one or two and then he was projected to go mid-round and then he ended up falling to 30th overall to Winnipeg and he looked great in preseason like he almost made the Jets yeah like, he was that good um, I don't remember his stats from preseason I'm sure if I looked hard enough I could find them but he was really good and I remember you know almost gloating on Instagram talking about you know, how I was right, how this player is so good, and I can't believe so many teams passed on him, yada, yada. You know, you almost Zadina did. Exactly. But I, but I didn't. I, I was I was very careful and sort of, you know, I was more respectful in, in that sense. And I was like, hey, listen, like, this player has a lot of talent. It probably makes sense to send him down to the AHL, even though he, he was so good in preseason. Well, things haven't gone that well in the American League this year to start for, for Brad Lambert. He has just three points in 14 games. And, uh, you know, for an offensively-minded player, playing in, in the second-best league in North America, you would expect him to, you know, hopefully produce more than that. And he hasn't. So I think last year, or, or at, at, in August's tournament, the thing that he had to prove was, hey, listen, I shouldn't have gone 30th overall. I should have gone higher. Now, in this year's tournament, the thing he has to prove is, like, kind of the same thing, but at the same time, like, he, he just has to prove to his team now that he was worth the pick. So, he's not trying to prove to everybody else that he was, you know, deserving of a higher pick. He's trying to prove to Winnipeg that they did make the right pick. So, I think there's something to be said about that. There's a storyline about Brad Lambert going in. He has to produce. He will be relied on to play heavy offensive minutes for this team. And, uh, you know, I'm just hoping 
for his sake, for Winnipeg's sake, for my sake, for the sake of everybody who, you know, is in the analytics community and is high on this player. I hope that he has a good tournament because, you know, I think there's a good player there and it's just whether or not he's able to show it at that at this tournament. I think that's what it's about. So yeah, Brad Lambert is my player to watch. Yeah, there's two guys on this list of forwards that I expect to be, you know, driving the offense for this team. I hope that because I passed up on him, I hope Harp and you passed up on him, I hope Harp is gonna take the other one. But Brad Lambert is sort of the the skill skillful playmaker out of the two that I'm going to be watching on this team and I think the other one's more of the shooter so yeah Lambert's got he's, he's always going to have that chip on his shoulder and I hope that he really takes it out on all the guys his age yeah and once again I feel like the focus is back on Shane Wright and Brad Lambert the guys that were supposed to go one and two in the last draft and yeah. Lambert obviously fell and Shane Wright only fell you know three spots from, from number one but they both have something to prove yeah. it's been a struggle for Wright at the NHL level he's shown some some good stuff in the American Hockey League now he's the captain has a chance with with Canada to really take that next step but with Brad Lambert man like all the tools are there unbelievable skater the guy absolutely flies up and down the ice I just think that confidence has been an issue with him and and just some stuff mentally there um, with with the pressure and everything but uh, now we can look forward to a full tournament on a decent Finland team and uh, and really um, show his uh, his stuff again and and uh, prove to be a steal for the Winnipeg Jets at 30. I still cannot believe that he fell that far. I swore he was going to the New York Islanders to join his uncle Lane, but uh, well, yeah. and also the Islanders had already made a pick like that in Aturati. That's right. So another player projected to go first overall who fell because they saw some potential there. Yeah. And I, I had Lambert in my top 10. Like, you guys know that. So, like, the talent is there. It's just about putting it together. And, man, like, when you look up and down this roster, offensively anyway, it's it's him. Like, he's one of the guys. For sure. In case I think you're going to talk about another one here, but he's one of the guys who will be relied on very heavily to produce offensively. And if he doesn't, the team kind of goes the way he does like if he doesn't produce the team won't be good and it's that simple for team finland so yeah so for me like case teed it up there like i'm gonna take the low hanging fruit for the first time here and and uh kemmel is who i'm gonna talk about he's a top five player yes yeah and you know like i feel like this is a guy that kind of fell into the nashville predators laps um, at, at the draft. Um, yeah, where did, where did he go? Like 17 or something? Yeah. It was late. Some, yeah, something like that. Um, 17, he, 17? Yeah, 17. Nice. He uh, No, he fell. And, uh, you know, for, for Nashville's sake, and I know I always bring it back to how they're going to impact the team, but Nashville's had a tough time drafting forwards. And we just saw that with Ellie Tolvanen being claimed off waivers uh, by the Seattle Kraken. That was a familiar player yeah. with 
like the likes of Kemal. I, I mean, yeah. this is how we yeah. talked about it. That was Tolvin dumb back in the day. Well, exactly. Here's a, a, a Finnish uh, player, and, and Tolvin was great for Finland at, at the World Juniors. But here's another Finnish winger who's got some size. He can score, and uh, man, he he should be able to go out and just light it up, be that trigger man on the power play, yeah. and uh, and also be able to score off the rush with uh, with that shot. So I hope for his sake, for Finland's sake, and for David Poyle and the Nashville Predators that Camel goes out and uh, has just a rocking tournament for the Finns. Yeah, me too. That'd be nice to see. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to Team Latvia. And again, one of these squads that, uh, you know, don't know a, a lot about, the, you know, a lot of guys on, on this team. But, uh, yeah, Case, let's get your player to watch for the Latvians. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Winter is back, and whether you're playing pond hockey or nursing an eggnog hangover this holiday season, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's made with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors too, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH. That's 20% off anything when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the ticket app SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes all the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. And you, you keep me on my toes, Hart. Keep me on the edge of my seat. Did not expect Lathia to be the next team here. <laughs> I've got a little bit of a scramble going because, I mean, I didn't have them up. I didn't have them up next. But okay, well, I can go. I'm going to go life. with... Thanks. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. And and these I, I should say like it's not like we're we're going like we're we're ranking the teams. Oh, I was. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I wasn't. I I just went in the order that they had it on the website. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. So. Well, I have Sandis Vilmanis. Okay. Um. He's again I, when I get into these these lower projected teams guys that I don't really know a lot about Team Lafia I think the the battle of relegations between Lafia and Austria um, it, it ter- comes down to guys who are returning players for me and that's Sandis Vilmanis for me he only had one assist in five games last year but when you're one of the few guys returning you're going to be relied upon you're, you know guys are looking at you to for the experience and, and to kind of tell them how they they need to react to getting seven goals scored on them like you know, yeah. not everyone knows that experience so true um not just for that reason though he's an ohl player uh i've, I've seen him you know he plays for sarnia in the ohl he's just about a point per game so 
like you mentioned with a player before, I forget which one it was, but he has that North American experience. He probably yeah. knows a lot of the guys in this tournament. He knows what he's going to expect for them. So he's probably given pointers when other OHLers are on the ice. I don't know. I, he reads to me like a guy who's going to be relied upon. He's one of the only guys actually drafted on this team as well. Mm-hmm. So low-hanging fruit in my mind. Yep. Um, that's got to watch. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Like, having experience in North America isn't nothing. And I that's that was the point I made about Julian Lutz. Um, Lutz, that's it. Yeah, or actually, sorry, Julian Lutz, talking about Germany, that was a player who had been drafted, so he had kind of been around that NHL experience before. But I, there were three other players on Germany who we had talked about, uh, Hacken Honlet, Luca Hoff, and Ryan Del Monte. Again, Germany being a team who isn't going to, you know, isn't expected to do well. So you look to the players who have had that North American experience, who have had that experience playing against really good players um, over here. So it's, it's just different. And so, yeah, those that's a good point. Those are the three players I pointed to for Germany. Um, but, yeah, I, talking about Team Latvia here, I'm not going to claim that you know, I know any of these players uh, more than the next guy. You know, at Team Latvia, it's tough to it's tough to sort of think about because a lot of the players either aren't drafted or don't play over here. So uh, again, we're not trying to claim to be experts on these players, but when doing a little bit of research prior to, uh, I picked a player, uh, Geertz Silkens, and he's one of the only players on the team. I believe, actually, the only player on this roster who is currently still eligible to be drafted uh, as an overager. And like your player case, he is playing in North America right now. He currently has nine points in 22 games in the USHL this year. And like I said, I think he is technically draft eligible as an overager. Um, And in the summer tournament, he had three points in five games played. So again, sticking with the same theme, guys who had been there before and done that, I think those are the players that you need to be looking at when these teams play, you know, the likes of USA, for example. When Latvia gets spanked 8 nothing by USA, when Luke Hughes is going up and down the ice and getting eight points, uh, you know, you need to look to your more veteran players, the guys who, had either, who have either been drafted or have played in the tournament before, and just say, like, hey, listen, like, what's the plan of attack here? What's the modus operandi? Like, you have to... Um, look to those guys and Geertz Salkins was the guy that, that I picked. Yeah, it's interesting there's actually a lot more North American players than I realized when I first looked at this team there's four guys from the USHL uh, three guys from the NAHL and then one from the WHL and one from the Q and yeah. one from the O so I don't know maybe this team could maybe they have something in the playbook and they're going to they're gonna play the spoiler we'll yeah. see We'll, uh, we'll see if a guy uh, becomes the next Zemgus Gergensens out of out of Latvia. There's a statue built for him. <laughs> <laughs> Great name. The uh, the Latvian locomotive is what his nickname was at one point. <laughs> Who called him that ever? <laughs> the, was it only Rick Jenneret? The seven hundred thousand people who voted for him twenty times each to get him in the All Star game. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh geez, but uh, th- this this is an interesting player, and again, not going to claim that I know him very well. But uh, Dan's uh, Lachmelis, 
probably butchered that. But anyway, uh, Boston Bruins fourth rounder in 2022. And, you know, looking at the Bruins this year, they're such a powerhouse. And, you know, it's like, ah, the prospects don't really matter. Well, they don't have a lot of them, as we know. And they're going to get to a point down the road where they're going to need to focus on, on their young players. And so uh, this guy could be a steal for them. He's a later round pick, fourth rounder in this past draft, over a point per game right now in uh, in the J20 in Sweden, and he's committed to UMass next season. So that's kind of a nice tie-in to being drafted by Boston. He's going to be right there next season playing in Massachusetts and uh, hopefully goes out and has a good tournament for Latvia. Yeah, he's going to be a mass hole before he even makes the team. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see if I can screw up the order uh, even more <laughs> after after going to Latvia at three. So let's go to the Slovaks next. Sure. How does that sound? I would right. have picked Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I did it again. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Slovakia. And uh, Case, you're you're taking the low hanging fruit on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely low hanging fruit here. Chat teed us up saying we're not going to take the best players on the team. Well, I'm taking, I didn't necessarily I'm, I'm, say that. Yeah, right. Just, but I'm taking two of them, both Devils prospects, both the best players on the team, <laughs> both defensemen. Yeah. Oh boy, is it a bright future. And I got to take Simon Nemitz here. Second overall pick last year. Um, we missed him at last tournament, but he played the year before, four assists in five games as a young player back then. Well, again, expect this guy to. Maybe he doesn't come off the ice. Maybe they just That's a possibility. and just have him out the whole time. Uh, might give them even better chance of uh, making it to the quarterfinals in this grouping. But 12 points in 24 games in the AHL so far this year with Utica. Preseason, he looked good with New Jersey and got a lot of attention that, you know, maybe if they didn't have such a strong right side, he could be in the lineup. Uh, as soon as this year and yeah. I wouldn't doubt the possibility of him coming up later in the season and, and kind of getting those couple games without burning a year um, he looks good man He he's such a great skater he moves the puck really well his first pass is excellent and he finds the net with his shot uh, one of my favorite things about him it's a seeing eye shot and you're going to see a lot of that for Team Slovakia because he's going to be out there a lot yeah, good pick. I mean, I feel like we've only talked about Devil's Prospects this episode. Um, so if you listen to episode one and enjoyed it, and then you've listened to episode two here. Sorry. And we're like, what's going on? Yeah, well, sorry. Casey kind of took over with the Devil's Prospects. But no, it's... Uh, it's well, he's got a lot of them. I could have talked about Tapias Villain for, you know, defenseman on Finland, yeah. Devil's Prospect. But no, I didn't. They've got a lot, and they've got a lot of good prospects, too. And Simon Nemich is one of them. Um Listen, like this guy, it seems like he sort of came out of nowhere as a second overall pick, but there's clearly a reason he was picked second overall. He's got all the tools, and clearly with half a point a game in the AHL in his first pro season, uh, he's been able to put them together, at least for the most part so far. So you love to see that. Clearly on this Slovakian team, he's going to be the horse that's relied on. So... Um, if we're talking about players to watch, you're not going to have a chance not to because, like you said, Case, like he's going to be on the ice the entire time. So 
Definitely a good pick for the Slovaks. Heart thoughts? Well, and, and, you know, like, Case, not to pump your tires too much, but, like, respect to Tom Fitzgerald, like, at the end of the day, like, they went with a team need first at the draft. They were looking for a right shot D, and they got the best guy available in, in Simon Nemec. And, uh, yeah, you're pretty fortunate, man, to have uh, just two defensemen in this tournament that are just going to be absolute horses on the blue line. For uh, for their respective countries, but uh, no, he's got all the he's he's got all the tools. Very dynamic, um, can can move the puck up the ice and uh, and and create plays. And no, he'll he'll be a real treat to watch. He did play uh, for the Olympic team uh, Slovakia as well. Seven games, he had an assist, and then he played for the World Championships as well for Slovakia. And he was it was it was him and Slavkovsky. They were the show that that tournament that That's World right. Championship and six points in eight games to to really you know boost that team up and yeah it's gonna be fun to watch him he I was I was really happy when they picked him at second overall and uh, yeah I'm excited I, I think I can see him on the team next year so. Just as a side note, like that that's pretty cool that two Slovak players went one and two in the last draft and we're I, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Probably not, to be honest. There's so many talented players that come up and the odds that they're both from the same country, let alone the same country that has historically not been a powerhouse at these tournaments or on the world stage is pretty crazy. So um, something else I wanted to say too is like it's kind of a shame that Uri Slavkovsky has not been released by the Canadians to play in this tournament because I think this would be another opportunity for him to sort of get his confidence back and to really dominate um, because it seems like at the NHL level, you know, he's been fairly pedestrian, to be honest. He's been, he's been pretty average. He's been knocked off the puck seemingly too easily given his size. And he hasn't been able to score a lot. So it would be nice for him. And I think he would benefit from playing against some lesser competition. And I think personally, it's, it, I personally think it's a shame that he's not playing. But that being said, another Habs prospect, uh, Philip Mayshar, is yep. playing in the tournament. So that's something for Habs fans to uh, keep an eye on. But yes, Case Nemich is uh, a great pick, and I'll be watching him. Another player that I'll be watching, though, is eligible to be picked in this upcoming draft, and he's projected to go in the top 10. He was a player who was a younger guy who played last year. Casey, I don't know if you mentioned him last episode or maybe this one quickly, (laughs) Um, but it's Dale Ward Dvorsky. He's 17 years old. Like I mentioned, he's projected to be picked in the first round this year. Um, Pretty much around the top 10 slots, like I've seen him ranked as high as fifth overall, could creep higher if he has a good tournament. Could be a bit lower if it's a poor one. But last year, last tournament rather in the summertime, watching this player with the cage on, he was the power play specialist. Really, he had so much talent. And the, watching him last year, he's able to control the puck in a way that a lot of players on Slovakia aren't able to. The way he enters the zone, carries it through the neutral zone, like it's just it, he has a special talent for doing it, especially as such a young as such a young player. Um, he had just the two points in four games in the last tournament, and he has eight points in twenty-one games in the Allsvenskan this year. But I'm really looking forward to see 
to seeing what this player can do with more ice time this year. Now that Team Slovakia kind of knows that he's he should be relied on to be one of their better players. So looking forward to watching Delbor Dvorsky this year. Yeah, I remember him from last year, just kind of seeing him involved in the play every time he's on the ice. Maybe you notice him a little more because he's wearing a cage. Yep, but <laughs> for sure. I mean, he's wearing a cage because he's one of the youngest people in the tournament. So, yeah, he's playing in Sweden right now, putting up, you know, decent numbers for their second tier uh, league. But you look at his elite prospects and you look at his all all competitions, U18 Slovakia numbers, 14 games played, 14 goals, 11 yeah. assists. So I think Slovakia is well aware of what they have in uh, in this guy. And yeah, he's going to be on the power play. He's going to be the trigger man. And Simon Nemitz, he'll be looking to pass to him. Yeah, I think it was the case in in the previous tournament. I keep wanting to say last year, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was in August. So whenever we say last year, it's last tournament. Yeah. But I, I remember in, in the previous tournament where, you know, it seemed like they sort of eased him into play. And when he got going in the, in their last few games, he was a staple on that power play. He was loaded up on the on the flank. And all the pucks were going to him on the power play. So I think it could be a similar situation where, um, you know, he's the trigger man. He's the offensive weapon that they want to utilize there because his shot is so accurate and, you know, he's, he's so successful doing that. So I think he'll be interesting to watch offensively anyways, for sure. Talk about just this new wave of Slovakian hockey players that we're seeing. We mentioned Nemec and uh, and Slavkovsky, but uh, you know, like th- this guy's going to be a high pick too. And yeah. I'm just like I'm even thinking of just all the great players that were Slovaks, like the Marian Gabriks and the Pavel Dimitras and Miro Jatans and and you know, and of course Sedano Chara and yeah. all of those guys. But uh, man, he's going to be a a big part of uh, this next wave of Slovakian hockey players coming in along with Slavkovsky and Nemec and, and, uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, yeah, talented 17 year old kid with a lot of skill. He'll be a treat to watch for sure. Yeah. Another good player for, for Slovakia and uh, you know, the, the New York Rangers have had, a tough time developing younger players, you know, and we're seeing like the, with, um, uh, Kravtsov just sort of the ups and downs of his development and everything and being a healthy scratch and, and whatever. But, uh, a, a second round pick this year that, uh, apparently Chris Drury and company really value in the organization. That's Adam Sakura. Yep. Uh, 5'10, uh, center. He can play the wing as well and, uh, just very skilled and, um, should be a, a, a really great player for, for the New York Rangers down the line here. And, uh, with, with Dvorsky and Nemich and, and, uh, and the rest of the crew, I think, uh, Sakura will, have a big impact for the uh, for for Slovakia. So he's another great player that I'm going to keep uh, my eye on. I had to look him up here because I knew. Well, not only the name rings a bell because of Peter Sikora, of yeah, course, yeah. but uh, it was recent times, and it's because he also played on that World Championship team. Um, 
and also contributed to goals and assists in six games. That was a young team, really impressive. But um, he played in last tournament. He wore an A for this team. So again, I expect him to be uh, someone who's looked upon heavily. He's got to stay out of the penalty box. Twenty-seven yeah. points per penalty minutes in four games last year. Yeah, wow. that's the I thing. Didn't, I didn't realize another that. guy picked by the Rangers that can't stay out of the box and has got some sandpaper. And but yeah, he's also got a lot of skill as well. For sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, our last team for Group B, and that is Team Switzerland. So, case. Let's get you, uh, your final player to watch and uh, for Team Switzerland this time. Yeah, so I'm going with another returning player and another guy who I can just hear his name in my head from Gord's voice. I actually probably woke up in night sweats saying this guy's name <laughs> because I've heard it so often. And that's Attilio Biasca uh, of Switzerland. Probably their best tournament of the season last year, or uh, of the tournament in August, yeah. Let me drill that home. Yep. Four in goals, August. two of six, and six or in five games really stood out for them. He was their assistant captain. He's the captain of the Moosehead this season, where he's putting up a point per game in the QMJHL. Uh, really reeks of Nico Heischer, does he not? Playing big, yep. big, big time for Switzerland and playing for the Moosehead. So yeah, he's going to be my player to watch. He's giftedly offensively or gifted offensively. Uh, you can tell that we're getting to the end of a, a two-episode recording here. <laughs> yeah. Voice is coarse, and I can't talk anymore. So yeah. I'm going to leave it here. I'm going to be short and sweet. I'm going to be watching Biasca again this year, and I expect him again to be a top three player on this team. Yeah, Kevin Biasca would be a nice one to watch, but it's going to be on TSN, not Sportsnet case. So <sighs> a bit of a mixed, mixed <laughs> pick there. <sighs> uh, but yeah, Biasca will be an interesting player to watch. We'll hear Gord say that. Uh, I bet a ton throughout the tournament. But yeah, good pick, Case. Gotta love it. Um, I'm going to go with Liam Bischel for my pick here. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. (laughs) Drafted 18th overall in 2021 by Dallas. Another player who I thought, you know, if he was still on the board around the time the Leafs still had their first round pick, you know, around the 20, I think it was like 24th or something. uh, That was a player I was interested in. A big defenseman um you know plays a lot of minutes and he's going to this year for this team uh playing in the shl currently so has experience against men i just think he's going to be probably their number one defenseman um at least among his age group you know and he'll be fun to watch because you'll get to see you know dallas fans you'll get to see what you have in the big defenseman so leon bishop Low-hanging fruit, but I had to take him. God, I hate Jim Nell, man. Like, just, like, one good pick after another. This guy's an absolute unit on the back end. He's six foot five, yeah. and, uh, yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be out there banging guys around, and, uh, and he'll be a horse for this uh, Swiss blue line as well. A lot of good Swiss blue liners the, the past few years, and... You know, one guy that comes to mind that I don't think gets enough uh, credit is J.J. Uh, Moser in, in Arizona, yeah. who's really taken a step this year. So, yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with another D, uh, a surprise, surprise on uh, on the Swiss, and that's Brian Zanetti. So, 
can't believe I'm saying this is the second Philly prospect that I'm talking <laughs> about in these episodes. But uh, yeah, he's a Philly fourth rounder in 2021, six foot three defenseman, and so you've got a couple of uh, just a couple of trees on the back end for the Swiss that uh, I think will will be big parts of the success for this team and um yeah no the the swiss should be enjoyable to watch uh, because of the forward that you mentioned case and and also uh these two giants on the back end yeah man sure. this team talk about interesting little side information about switzerland just looking at elite prospects is the dual citizenship going on with this country yeah uh for one player born in brazil what? Yeah. Who was born in Brazil? Luca Dusen. Okay. Butchered oh, wow. that name. Born in Brazil. <laughs> you got a French player. You got a Canadian um, Canadian citizenship player. A player born in Newark, New Jersey. Nice. You've got a Spaniard on this team, as well as a player um, with Thai citizenship, similar to Jonas Siegenthaler. Mm-hmm. Um, and an Austrian. So, yeah, a lot's going on on this team. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder how I wonder how teams like Norway and Kazakhstan and the teams in the Div 1A feel about this kind of thing going on right here, where it's, you know, a lot of your players are not born in the country of origin. You know, they're not born in Switzerland. So I wonder how these other teams who have been relegated, who are outside of the tournament looking in, I wonder how they feel about that. Yeah, I mean they, they probably have the same thing going on. They're probably doing the same. But I, I'm just mm-hmm. saying it's you know like you don't think Kazakhstan has any Russian players playing? For oh, them? for sure. I, I'm just saying. Like remember when you know the big stink about the Olympics was going on and China was like, okay, where where's all the Canadian players who have yeah. ever played hockey who have some sort of ties to yeah. Chinese heritage. You know, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. It's like, I know it's allowed. It, it just feels weird. Right? No, it's, it's a great point. Like, honestly, you see it with every country and, uh, like Jake for was actually born in Finland, but ended up coming over to Canada and, and played for Canada at the tournament, uh, you know, years back. But yeah, no, well, the, most, so. the most obvious one for me anyway, is William Nylander. He was born in Calgary, raised in Calgary, yeah. but he would spend the odd summer, I guess, or most summers in Sweden with his dad, where he's from, and then would come back for the NHL season. And he still does the same thing to this day in the off season. And he plays for Team Sweden, obviously, despite mm-hmm. being born in Canada and a dual citizen. So, No, it's interesting for sure. This is going to be a fabulous tournament, I think. It, it, you know, it, it is every year, but uh, just with the way things ended last year, it was so weird that it was in August, you know, like it's... Yeah. In the summertime, we're busy. Didn't get a chance to watch it a lot, but uh, this is just this is what the holidays are all about. It's hanging out with friends and family and watching the World Juniors. So that does it for uh, players to watch in Group A and Group B, Episode One Fifty One and One Fifty Two of the podcast. It all starts Boxing Day, folks, on TSN. Canada and Czechia will play at 6.30 on TSN, or at least that's uh, when the coverage starts, and uh, looking forward to it. So, again, uh, thanks for everything. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, enjoy the start of the World Juniors from Halifax and Moncton on Boxing Day. 
This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 